Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Raylene Bergen-Harder. Raylene, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Amy. And where are you calling from? I am uh, right now Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. Amazing. And all good over there? So beautiful. If you haven't been, it's such a destination for everybody. It's such a lovely place. Oh, well, it's definitely going to go on my list because I love Canada, but I haven't been to that particular part. So... I would just like to say, firstly, a big thank you to Shelley Bridgman for introducing us. It's so great to have recommendations. So thank you, Shelley. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Shelley. <laughs> so what is it you're focusing on at the moment, Raylene? Well, I know when you and I first talked about this podcast coming on this episode, I really had to think about it because I'm one of those people who focuses on lots of things at the same time. But I think I really want to talk today about our my origin leadership project. Origin Leadership Consulting is my business that I'm very I'm very proud of. And yeah, in Origin, we're really focusing on inclusive, cultural affirming practices. And tell me more about that. Yes. So when we started Origin, the idea of it was to bring together coaches, consultants, educators, business people who are all doing really good work, but they were isolated. They were doing a lot of it alone. And I really wanted to see if we could bring these brilliant people together to work with clients in a bigger way and in uh, on a bigger scale. And as we started getting into the work, as you know, when you start to get into the work, it really decides for you what it needs. And we really started to understand, um, we, we already knew that we would focus on diversity and inclusion training. That was something that's really important to us. We have a lot of people in our network who are very intersectional people who have lots to bring to that space. And as we started working in diversity, equity, and inclusion, we realized that there was something that was being overlooked and they people were not going deep enough into the cultural aspect of that and being culturally sensitive. And over the last few years, as we've really focused on that work and focused on working with organizations uh, that are nonprofits, new Canadians, Indigenous communities, we just became so aware that there was deeper work to do in the cultural affirming aspect of it. Absolutely. And and it is such a, an important space that you're working on. So you mentioned that you've got a lot of things on at the same time. Do they fold into this work? 
all all of them do. When I uh, when I first started my business, I was really thinking we would focus on personal development, personal and professional development, but as individuals, because I really believe so much that while the world is trying to unpack and de-silo organizations to be more effective, we have to do that our, as ourselves, as leaders ourselves, and to really understand our own strengths. And so a lot of the work I do in origin and outside of origin all focuses on how does a person understand their strengths and how do they understand how their experiences from their past really work into how they want to design their future. So it really all comes together. Origin is about the organizations and the people in those organizations, but a lot of the work I do personally or on the side is about that individual, the individuals who make up those organizations. And what about you, Raylene? What about your past experiences and your origin story? How does that fold into the work? <laughs> oh, my goodness. If so many times people ask what my origin story is, and it sounds chaotic. But honestly, I think that's probably true for most people. How you get to where you are isn't always a straight line. In fact, it probably never is. So my origin story in in we have only so much time so i'll make sure it's succinct but honestly i did um not focus on any sort of career for a long time in fact i was a mother at home with five kids they're all adults and out of the house now but for a long time i was raising my kids i was helping my partner who had his own business and i was really not understanding how I was contributing to that at all. So I, I kind of just worked on everybody else's projects for a long time, not realizing that I was actually bringing something pretty great to the table as well. But when my kids got older and it started to look like, you know, I, I wanted to do something of my own. I wanted to really understand where I could make an impact. I really had to examine all the different things I had done in the past. I wrote a 70,000 word epic fantasy novel while waiting for my kids at the bus. I helped launch our and continue growing our visual effects and animation company that we still own. I opened a cheesecake company. I was a partner in a restaurant. Like I had been doing all these things, but I was dismissing them as not important or not useful in any way. And it really wasn't until I was much older and I and I had other people saying, Raylene, like, you should be speaking, you should be telling people, how do you manage five kids and all these businesses and writing books at the same time and not, you don't seem overwhelmed. And I think it's because I looked at everything as just um, a fun project to do and didn't really understand how it was shaping into an actual career. I love that. I love that you wrote a book at the bus stop. You know, most people are just sort of scrolling on social media, but you this is the, the importance of compounding, right? Totally. And right now, my youngest daughter, who's almost 22, amazing creative person, uh, her and I have decided to team up and revise that novel because we I never finished it. It's supposed to be three books. And, you know, it's fairly dated now because I wrote it 15 years ago. But her and I have decided to team up, add her voice and her expertise to it as well. And we're going to, as a fun project, we're going to rewrite it. So is this, is this the, your philosophy in life that it's, 
to be approached with fun in everything you do? I, I love that concept. And I do look at a lot of the things I do as interesting and fun, but I have very specifically designed it that way. It's not something that would have come natural to me, I don't think, because I'm always in a busy mind frame. And I think many people are always just productivity can be um, negative, right? It can be something that just fills your time and it doesn't have any purpose to it. And especially if you're self-aware enough to realize it has no purpose to it, it can become defeating and deflating. And so when I, I'll give you an example. When I was, um, my kids were, getting to that stage and I was really starting to focus on what what am I going to do as an adult professional now I'm not going to live the rest of my life as as just mom and grandma or something like that I want a career I want to do all these things and I needed to get out of my own way I always say that to my clients and and people is it's really hard to get out of your own way and design the life and business you really want but it is possible sometimes we're just doing what's what we're faced with, what's right in front of us. And when I started to look at what do I actually want, I had been doing a cheesecake business for quite a while. And it started in, you know, local craft fairs and local shopping malls. And I was being asked to go to conferences and speak on what I had been, you know, these businesses I was doing. And I loved the cheesecake business, man, that was the best business card I ever made was bringing cheesecake to an event or a party. Like I was asked to come to all the cool things. So it was very fulfilling. I was really proud of that business. And I remember having a realization that the cheesecake business, no matter how great it got, where if it went as far as I wanted it to go, would never help me work with people the way I really wanted to. You know, I had such a passion and still do for helping people understand their strengths and how to use them because that's what I had to do for myself. But the cheesecake business was going to cap out at that sort of emotional, spiritual level of people. And I had a really hard decision to make about whether or not I let that go, the cheesecake business go, because I couldn't do it all. I think I'm superhuman and I can do a lot but I knew I couldn't do that effectively and move into a coaching space or an advisory space or a mentoring space that would really serve people. And I remember talking to somebody and them telling me information that just completely changed my perspective. They said, Raylene, what if the cheesecake business already served its purpose in your life? Like what if it's already brought you to where you need to be in order to launch the next part? And it was quite pivotal for me. That cheesecake business still exists. It's not, I'm not, I'm not working on it right now. The brand, everything is sitting there waiting for the right person to come along and I'll let them sort of run with it. But I think at every stage of our life and our business, we have to stop and think, am I designing what I actually want? Or am I just doing what's right there and available? And and it's a balance, right? You can't all the most of us don't have the luxury of just ending something and starting something new, right? We have to transition into it. And I struggled with that. When I let go of my cheesecake business and I started really thinking about what do I want to design? It it had criteria. 
I wanted to work deeply with people. I wanted to work with other coaches and consultants and business people and educators who were smarter than me. I wanted to bring them together and I wanted a business that allowed us to, to make an impact and, and have some fun elements to it. My business allows me to travel. I work all over, you know, and that's something that was very intentionally designed. It didn't just happen. And it's really interesting because you've been talking about the different stages of life and how you've transitioned almost seamlessly, but I'm sure it hasn't necessarily been that at some times. It doesn't feel like that, but it definitely comes across that it's a very clear designing. And and I talk about that you don't find your purpose, you create it, you you build it, you design it. And this is exactly what you're echoing here. And I love that question. Uh, that somebody just raised for you, which is what if it had already served its purpose? Because, you know, that reflection, that opportunity to reflect on something is is not a a natural thing. We just carry on doing sometimes. Right. It's something we don't often give ourselves permission to pause and examine, right? And And also a lot of people don't trust their own instincts. They don't trust their gut. They don't know what that means. This is maybe going a little bit off, but I had to really stop and look at that too as I started working with the Indigenous elders in the communities that I work with, because I don't just work with them for, you know, getting a job done. They've really invited me into learning some of their knowledge. And when I I had to stop and examine a lot of the past kind of ideologies and things from my religion, like from growing up in a certain type of religion, a different type, a certain type of faith, and now working with somebody else's culture, and this is where the cultural piece really comes in for me, is really stepping back and saying, you know what, there's so much that I don't understand. And just because I was taught one way does not mean that that's true for everybody or true for everything. And as I was sort of invited deeper into that knowledge with Indigenous culture, just, and there's many Indigenous, you know, nations, so it's not all the same, but just from the teachers that I had, it's, it became so rich when I really started understanding more about somebody else's perspective. And when I circle that back into our work, we we have been able to learn to go much deeper into the um, the fabric of organizations and how so many of them are just woven together at a basic surface level. And it's not serving the purpose of inclusive people first uh, culture within the organization. And by extension, it's not serving the communities they're trying to serve. We've really uh, started digging more into the travel industry, speaking with the in, in, at conferences and at events that host travel tourism types of organizations, because we're seeing as the world's opening up too, there's a lot of uh, dissension around some of those topics. And so we're trying to bring that sort of elevated leadership practices into the tourism business into our work with indigenous communities into our work with nonprofit and for-profit organizations and with us we just want to go deeper we want to create something that's much stronger for the organizations and the people we serve and you touched on purpose you touched on on the culture and for me also there's this this 
whole lost knowledge potential of if you don't extract it from people, it could be gone forever. And what is the value of the work that you're doing for future generations? I I so defer with that question or statement to the First Nations elders that I've been working with because I have never seen such a strong example as with them. The elders in on Turtle Island here in North America, where you know they are actively trying to pass their knowledge on to the younger people, to their grandchildren. The languages are coming back, the protocols are coming back, the ceremonies coming back. And it's not that often that somebody like me who doesn't have a recognized Indigenous background or I haven't grown up in that way, it's not that common that you're invited to learn. And I have really, I'm an active person. I like to do things. And it's really so important from the Indigenous culture that you don't just rush into new learnings. You know, you learn those things, you let them sit with you, you understand and go and let like let it percolate and rest. And, and instead of just like actively going and doing those things. And so when I think about kind of legacy or, I mean, I have five adult children. There's a lot of things that guide me based on what I want them to say about their mother on my deathbed, right? And it's always about being courageous enough to expand your knowledge, being courageous enough to challenge your own ideologies and beliefs, because what served me for the last 50 years may not serve me for the next however long, right? And not being afraid of what other people bring to the table, because inclusiveness and equity and diversity and cultural sensitivities and knowledge all comes down to not being afraid, right? Like we need to be celebrating what each other brings to the table. And if I circle back a little bit to your question about fun, I'm so curious. And to me, curiosity is fun. And being the more you can be curious, the more things you can try, the more ideas you can challenge about yourself, the, the more you'll grow. And I I like don't have time to waste. I'm too young to be old and too old to be young. So I, I'm not going to sit around just waiting for experiences or things to drop in my lap. I'm going to find them. And this is what's so incredible about the space you're working in, Raylene. It's that you are surrounding yourself with people who are thinking in an incredibly inclusive and diverse way, which is from from my perspective, only a great thing. I, I absolutely it, diversity is one of my true values, because especially on this podcast, I get to share the messages from so many people. What you've touched on is legacy on time. Uh, we've talked about lost knowledge and that I had a conversation with somebody recently at a, a party. I'd never met them before. And they were talking about the memories or lack of that they hadn't asked certain questions of their parents, their grandparents. And there's such regret around that. Whereas what I'm looking at here is that the, the lost or the potential of information and incredible love that is being passed on through the generations, through the Indigenous 
different cultural cultural aspects that you're talking about those ceremonies and and things but the the courage piece is is the one i really want to pick on because it's about the is it is it that i'm thinking about is it the courage to be individual whilst also accepting the the differences courage is a tough one for a lot of people i think because it can be defined in a few different ways I came into a lot of this legacy, the legacy piece of it is challenging for me because I did lose that knowledge from my parents. My parents are both gone. My grandparents are gone. I didn't get to ask the questions that I wanted to ask, but I am a parent of five kids and I want that to be different for them. And so there was a, a big element of courage for me to start looking into our family history to understand our indigeneity both from Canada because we do have indigenous connections in Canada on Turtle Island here but we also have in, we're also indigenous from Scotland and Ireland right those are that's where our families originated from and so when i look at courage i i want people to understand and this is what i say to my kids this is what i say to myself is if i just wait and kind of let things happen as they're going to happen and sometimes you need to do that, right? You need to rest in it, learn things, let it sit with you, and that's all good. But we only get one shot at this life. We're only passing through here one time, right, in this way. And so I think taking what's in front of you and really deciding what you want to do with it is up to us. Nobody's, because Mel Robbins says nobody's coming for you. Nobody's saving you. Nobody's bringing that enrichment into your life just by accident. You have to do it yourself. And what direction is that going to take you in? When I decided that I wanted to step into coaching and consulting, I was terrified. I didn't have any, I had no education. First of all, I'll tell you that I had very bad experiences in high school. I did not go on to university and college because I didn't think I could handle it. I didn't think I was smart enough. And then at 47 years old, I ended up getting accepted into a master's of leadership program without a bachelor degree, without an undergrad, because they had examined my work and accepted me into a university graduate program. And I found my place. I excelled at that. And had I been courageous enough 20 years ago to give myself the benefit of the doubt, that might have happened earlier. But I think courage is where you are right now. What are you, what are you facing that you want to know if you can do or you want to explore it or you want to, you, you just want to examine some of the ideas you have. Courage is starting where you're at and being willing to to move forward. Yeah, and that, that also tie in that permission to pause that you mentioned earlier, which is such a beautiful expression. It's you, you talked about how you don't have time to waste, but you understand what time you also have to pause. Yes, and I think it makes you much more aware of what's important to you and what isn't. You know, and I would really challenge people to kind of make the list of what things are you doing right now that are kind of just performative. They're because you're supposed to or because you've always been doing them. But are they actually serving the purpose of where you want to go now? And beside that, make the list of courageous things that you want to explore that you haven't given yourself permission to do to do yet. And 
and break it down. See what would actually have to happen in order for you to move forward with that thing. Do you want to join a team of some kind? Do you want to you want to put yourself forward for a, a a new job or a new role? Do you want to go to school? I in my program, my master's degree program, I was not the oldest people there. I was 47, 48 when I was in that program. And there were people much older than I was who already had master's degrees and were going to get another one. So what are what's in front of you that you really want to do, but you just haven't been, you haven't given yourself the space to really consider it. Tell me about the, you, you spoke about the legacy piece about being courageous to expand your knowledge, to challenge your own ideolo ideologies and beliefs and what others bring to the table. You spoke about what your children would say about you. What is the vision? What is what is the living legacy that you're looking to achieve in the next few decades? Oi. I know I know what I want my kids to say about their mom. I want them to say that even though their mom did go through hard things, especially when I was young. I never let that stop me from growing and challenging ideas. And I want them to say that their mom was always courageous to move forward, always brave enough to, to take the next step, whatever that meant. And I'm like everybody else. I struggle at times with like crippling self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And those are real things for everybody. And when I went to in-person residency for the first year of my master's program and was in a room with 30 people who had master's degrees, bachelor degrees, they had long-standing, amazing careers as professors, as corporate people. And I'm going in there feeling so small and so insignificant and like I had nothing to contribute to the room. Within a few days, I realized that we all felt that way. We all felt that way. And so at the end of my days, and this is the guiding, my guiding vision or my guiding steps for my, it's always, what are my kids going to say? They, they're going to say that their mom was courageous enough to move forward regardless of how hard it was. And I always tell them and my clients, get out of your own way. You're your own worst enemy. Get out of your own way. Design the life and business you really want. It's really up to you. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that you you describe perfectly in that scenario where there are people in the room with very different experiences and you are instantly sort of comparing yourself with the other people. And yet they're also comparing themselves to other people. And it's a constant cycle. I, I remember speaking to someone recently who was going to she was a, she just became a doctor in, in psychology and she was looking at being an academic and then realized that it wasn't her way. It was just a case of she was being sort of encouraged to do that, but it wasn't the path. And I think that's also what you're saying here is to understand the path that you want to create. Yes. And it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to examine what might be possible for you. It's easier to just do what you've always done, you know? And so I think that's my biggest challenge. And when I you know, with Origin, we work with organizations and we work with the people in those. But a lot of my personal coaching is for those professionals who are really challenging what they want to do now 
and want to uh, unpack their experiences from the past in order to use them well going forward. Because we have a whole toolkit, a whole backpack that we carry with us that we often, when someone gets to 50 years old and wants to start something new, very often they're throwing away the whole thing. And I would never do that. There's so much richness, whether you went through a really bad relationship, whether you struggled in, you know, with mental health, whether you had career choices that didn't work out. Those are all things that can be reframed and used really well as you go forward. And that's what a lot of people don't, they don't use what they have. They don't realize they've got all these gold stars with them. It just has to be framed in the correct way. Yeah, I, I get that. So tell me what's next or well, what is it? I mean, you started out with the focus of sharing the work you're doing. What What's next for that and what's next for you? Certainly with Origin, we are just growing. We are working with consultants. We had a, we have these beautiful moments. A few years ago, I had put out a call to say if there's other great coaches, um, consultants who want to be part of origin want to be on a, a directory they could fill out this form and and reach out and i did not expect that we had almost 100 people reach out and want that and uh, and at that time of course i was thinking oh i'm just we're just so small we don't know what to do with that and so we pressed pause on that thinking we'll figure that out in the future circle back to a few days ago and i get this email from an organization in the uk a coaching organization saying, you know, along, I'm paraphrasing, but Raylene, I remember you were going to do this a few years back. Is that still happening? Because we'd love to be a part of it. And so for people to remember what Origin is doing from that far back, it really gives me a lot of um, joy that we could start designing things that are even more deeply supportive of coaches and consultants in Origin. Because our client, the end user, is just one part the it's we want to make sure that the coaches and consultants in origin are really being served they're growing they're adding value they're bringing their knowledge and expertise so for origin right now it's really digging into our own systems and processes to reach the coaches and consultants and serve them and also by extension the clients for me personally, I'm very excited because I am launching another website. So I'll have Origin and I'll also have RaylenBergen.com, which is not live yet, but it will be soon. And that's really around a lot of what we've talked about today, which is that personal and professional deep development and deep growth. And I bring to that my leadership expertise, the way you can shape what you've done in the past to bring it effectively into what you want to do and really working with people to challenge old ideas and reshape them and reframe them to use them in a way that's really positive and gives them that sense of fun and fulfillment and purpose that I work on so much. And, you know, Shelly has inspired me. You have inspired me. I think a podcast is in the works uh, for the new year. And so, again, very excited about going deeper into challenging our ideas. Yeah. And in terms of you just sharing that vision for, for what's going to happen and, and what the potential is, and also recognizing the value that you're bringing to the table. Again, I just want to pick on the, on the purpose. What does focus on why mean to you? I know a lot of people and coaches are really 
this is like part of our language, right? Is you have to know your why, you have to know your why. And I don't always believe that why is the action that you're doing. It can be, and it will become that. But sometimes why is more about the core of who you are. You know, what what drives you as a person and 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 what are the kind of the core things that really make you who you are? And a lot of people skip that part, right? They go right to the why is an action list. But I think it first has to start with who are you? Who are you designed to be? What do you want to, what's that legacy you want to leave? What's that piece you want people to think about you or know about you? And then from there, the action steps of why are so much easier and so much clearer, you know? So that's my idea of why. I'm glad I asked. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so how would people get in contact with you, Raylene? What's the best way for them to connect with you? I'm pretty easy to find uh, through Origin or Raylene, my name. You'll you'll find me on all social media platforms. Uh, certainly the most direct way is just Raylene at originlc.com, just my email. And if somebody does email me from this podcast, put that in the subject or in the body because it'll just give uh, it'll remind me of this conversation and how they found me. And then I would love to I'd love to connect with them. Well, all, all of the different links are in the show notes, so they'll definitely be able to access those. Perfect. Raylene, it has been a delight. And if I'm ever out your way across in British Columbia, I will be knocking on your door and and maybe trying some cheesecake. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I am. Um, I'll be coming out your way. I think in the spring. I've been. I know we didn't talk about this, but one of the speaking of cultural, one of the things I was invited by the Anishinaabe elders, two of them here in Canada, uh, to go to Scotland. We went last April, May to do to work with the Scottish knowledge keepers and tradition bearers there on cross cultural workshops, and. The and I've been invited to come back this spring, so I'm hoping to get back into. I'll be in London and Scotland primarily. Fabulous. Well, I'll, I'll definitely reach out or reach out to me when you're, you're heading to London because that's where yes, I'm based. So yes. perfect. Oh, what a joy! What a wonderful project and what incredible work you're doing. It really has been a delight hearing what you're doing, Raylene. And your kids must be so proud of you. So yeah, well done. Thank you so much. They're good human beings. And I'm I'm so glad to have been invited. Thank you, Amy. Absolute pleasure. Do you have some final words for the listener, please? Yes, I really hope that the biggest takeaway from this episode or from my story is design the life and business you really want. Don't wait for somebody to give you permission. Don't just go ahead doing what you've always done if it's not bringing you joy and purpose you don't have to blow up your life you don't have to quit your job and start a side hustle you can do things in a measured concise and clear way but you are the only one who can design what you actually want how has this conversation had an impact on you what value have you received from tuning in what are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. 
Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.